أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وبه نستعين ثم الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى أهل بيته الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين Respected brothers and sisters, Assalamu alaikum, jami'an wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome to this special recording, Muharram session uh, with the Hujjat Stanmore podcast. I have two really special guests with me today to introduce to you, and they are part of the Imam Hussein blood donation campaign, the IHBDC. So I have with me brother Ayman al Diwani and his wife, Sister Jinan al Husseini, And these two are going to join me now, inshallah, to be able to talk much more about the history, the campaign, um, the importance of blood donation for the sake of Imam al Hussein alayhi salam, keeping his message alive and giving us a lot of understanding as to how far our donations actually go. So, assalamu alaikum to both of you. Welcome. Thank you very much for joining us on this Hujjat Stanmore podcast. So, a quick um, shout out to all of the listeners. Thank you very much for joining us. We need you guys to um, continue to subscribe. So, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast, share this so that um, people can actually benefit um, as well. And of course, as you know, that when you uh, share it, it doesn't just reach Shia, doesn't just reach Muslim. It will reach as far as you manage to get this uh, shared to. So please, please make sure that you do your bit so that people can hear about the great work that's being done in the name of Imam al-Hussein alayhi salam. So Imam al-Hussein blood donation campaign. What we're going to be talking about is the campaign itself and the history. But before I go into that, I just want you guys to introduce yourself. Um, so I have with me Eamon, and because you're, you were the actual... Um, lead the national coordinator for the whole project and Sister Jinan now is the ambassador in Leeds but as I said earlier on what's special is that they're husband and wife so there's a bit of a romantic story here I, I, I understand that you guys met through ABSOC but also working with the IHBDC blood uh, the whole campaign itself so I think it's really inspiring that you guys work together on this um, do you want to just introduce this story about how you how sure. how you met on on this course? Yeah, so I think um, alhamdulillah we were both uh, active in our communities and volunteered with uh, with the campaign, um, and then through that, through sort of professional and halal settings, of course, uh, we got to know each other more, um, and it was actually we probably knew each other for probably two two and a half years, um, and then uh, it's completely innocent. Yes. Of course, yes. of course, no, as in it's working together for the sake of Allah and you guys will meet and... Yeah, exactly, meetings <clears throat> and discussions and it was actually at that point where I was a coordinator and Janan was an ambassador in Sheffield, so as part of our routine sort of status reporting and progress updates, um, I'd interact uh, with Janan sort of on that uh, professional level um, and then I remember one day when my mum was uh, sort of quizzing me and pushing me about marriage, I realised that... Um, Alhamdulillah, I'd, I'd, I'd met someone that was actually um, a very good uh, fit um, and, uh, and someone that uh, I thought was very appropriate to get to know for marriage. And Alhamdulillah, I think uh, you get to sort of see the way, a lot, you get a really good insight into people when you work with them. So Alhamdulillah, I probably hopefully did that in the right way. And Inshallah. The byproducts it's a beautiful get. story. And now, five, almost five years later, we're... And you guys have travelled a lot together as well, right? You've gone to... 
I think you've gone to India, India you've gone to Kashmir. Yes, Kashmir. Um, you've gone to uh, Bosnia. Kenya, Zanzibar. Kenya, Zanzibar. Bosnia, uh, Croatia. Yeah, Montenegro. Uh, and now you have a beautiful, is it seven month? daughter yes Nida yes Neda so yeah our daughter Neda um so she's a mashallah bundle of joy mashallah uh, beautiful she has an amazing smile lovely (laughs) she just lights up the place whenever whenever she's brought into the room and now she's a bit of a handful now she's starting to crawl so a bit like her father then (laughs) 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 no comment eh Um, but yeah, that inshallah she'll be um, the future ambassador. Amin, what a lovely da'a, inshallah. inshallah. That's beautiful. Thank you very much. Okay, so I think the, the love story is one lesson that we can take away from this. People can can work together. They can they, It can blossom into a beautiful relationship, um, especially when they're doing so, lillahi azza wa jal, for the sake of Allah. So I want to um, ask you a bit about the campaign. Let's assume there's someone uh, who's listening to this, they've never heard of, uh, Imam Hussein blood donation campaign. I know it, it kind of does what it says on the tin, but just give us an understanding of what the campaign is about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so the um, there's two main prongs in terms of what the, the campaign aims to achieve. So almost like as, as a vision in terms of what that end goal looks like is to create a world where every able Muslim donates blood regularly and saves lives um, on a regular basis. Um, and at the same time, so that's one problem as far as the altruistic act of blood donation that saves lives. Um, and then the other side of it is actually spreading the message of Imam Hussein um, and using that example and the, the utmost uh, example of altruism and sacrifice um, and standing for humanity um, and uh, to use that as a motivating factor to, to engage the Muslim community to, to donate blood because um, there's a large need for them in particular. So Sister Jinan, when you're the ambassador for Leeds, when you have to present this, do you find that there's a positive response from community members? How, how do you get that message across to them to get involved? Um, so I haven't been ambassador in Leeds yet, but when I was in Sheffield, an ambassador in Sheffield, um, I got mixed responses. Um, I found that some communities were very open to it, whereas others were um, sort of very reserved Um weren't sure whether it was halal or haram, sort of fiqh wise. Um, so you know, to clarify, it is it is halal. A lot of maraja do say that it's not just halal. Very mustahab. Recommended yep. as well, mm. um, unless obviously it causes harm to you. But then the NHS wouldn't, NHS blood and transplant wouldn't accept you as a donor if you had health issues anyway. So you'd have to be healthy to do it. Um, I think a lot of the challenges that I faced were things like. Um, we don't know where the blood is going to. Um, it might go to a non-Muslim, for example. Um, you know, we're not sure about that. Um, and we always say you're willing. You'd probably be willing to accept blood if you, you know, your life was. Um, so that's interesting that people actually worry that their blood might reach a non-Muslim yeah. and save the life of a non-Muslim. Unfortunately, yes. Wow. Um, where where is that kind of mindset come from? Do you think? I think. I think it's from people who politically don't like maybe the politics of this country mm. um, and therefore say, you know, does the blood go to Iraq? Does the blood, they keep asking these questions. Right. Does the blood go to... I don't so know, so the, cha- I don't the challenges are about awareness, maybe a little bit of ignorance and prejudice. Yeah. And if you were able to educate in those areas, then people would more likely 
take up this opportunity of saving lives. I mean, I would challenge it by saying, you know, you live in this country, you're benefiting from the NHS. If you had, you know, an accident or some kind of illness and you needed regular blood transfusions or just even a one-off to save your life. To save your life. Would you say no to it because you don't know who it's coming from? Mm. You probably wouldn't. You'd accept it. So if you're willing to accept it, you should be willing to... Well, if it's saving your life, it's wajib for you to accept it. Mm -hmm. So... But you probably would never think, again, if it was a family friend or a child, you wouldn't ask who's the blood from. Who's the blood from. Um, And I think, to be honest, we have seen a positive change. So the campaign's been running since 2006. And I think we did come across a lot of these barriers before. Uh, Now people are more accepting of it now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think we've seen now that um, because the campaign has been at least annually in the cities that it's been in, which is over 25 cities in the UK, um, that um, people have now sort of got to know more about the campaign that awareness has been raised and those barriers that were well misconceptions about blood donation both um logistically as well as uh, religiously um have now sort of the, those myths have been busted um yeah we we don't really come across as much of this sort of resistance um and yeah. uh, i think sort of i mean i was surprised when when someone told that to me so that's mm. to me. They, yeah they turned me away as and they didn't even let me announce it in their center wow um, so, I was quite so there is some resistance to this as a campaign this was yeah i mean this was like i don't know five six years ago so i don't know if that's still the case okay. i'm not sure we'll come back to um, it inshallah and talk about how you overcome some of these things so can you talk to me a little bit about the history of the whole campaign mm-hmm. where did it where, where's its inception yeah. and how has it grown over that kind of you said it's 2006 it started exactly. so it's been 13 14 years yeah, yeah. you know how's it grown and what have been the the key moments in the development of the campaign yeah so the campaign um, started in 2006 um, and the the idea came about where um does it in the, the the concept of blood donation if you were to ask anyone a muslim or a non-muslim whether or not um they agree with the idea of blood donation most people say it's a really good thing if you then ask them, have they donated blood? Most of them probably say they haven't. Right. Um, so there was this like idea that people think it's a really good thing, but they, they always need that sort of push or facilitation to actually take them into um, this particular act and or to carry out that good deed. Um, and so the idea was thought, actually, um, there are these sort of blood donation centres dotted around the country. Um, many of the time we'll probably walk past them in the city centre or you'll see a blood donation van. Um, and even though you agree with the idea, you, you've probably never just taken that step. Um, so the thought was actually, if we look and when we remember Karbala and Imam Hussein alayhi salam's message, um, there was a he sacrificed everything he had um, for the sake of humanity, both uh, physically in terms of with his family and um, and his actual own blood. Um, so we sort of thought with that same message. We can sacrifice just a small um, amount of blood, so it's three quarters of a pint is what they take, um, and that in itself could save three to f- uh, three adult lives or potentially seven infants. So if you donate blood once, yes. it's three adults that you can save, or seven infants. Yes, yeah, that's the potential. So obviously there'll be cases where people need more than one unit, but one unit of blood um, could potentially save that amount, um, which is an amazing thing considering you can do this on your lunch break at work and the whole process is less than 60 minutes. Um, so as a result of seeing that there, there, there was both um, this uh, this message that could be acted upon, um, the campaign was set up in Manchester initially just with a few friends between them and I think they had about 12 people that went and donated um, 
as a group in the Hadron, um, and it also opened the door for that conversation um, to share Imam Hussein Ali's message and take that to the streets, um, because unfortunately, sometimes we sort of hoard Imam Hussein Ali Salam in our centres, and we don't really express that message. Um, and so one of the really big... Um, it's a very novel way of spreading the mission of Imam Hussein Ali. So. Exactly, and I think uh, when you see there's, there's some of the, the events that we hold in donation centres or even blood donations taking place in mosques and Islamic centres, um, you'll see a mixed uh, sort of uh, audience from Muslims and non-Muslims and automatically the conversations just organically happens about well, why are you donating blood? And then that opens the door for to introduce Imam Hussein Ali Salam to someone who would most likely never be able to to discover this great man. Brilliant. So your position was, um, or your former national coordinator. Mm-hmm. How did you get involved, mm-hmm. and what were your duties? What what you know? What challenge did you personally face when you were trying to take this from, like you said, Manchester, where it started locally, to did you say twenty five? centers that yeah. we have 25 locations across the country now correct yeah so we um so in terms of it started off in manchester that one year uh, and then the, the next year so in 2007 the campaign ran again but this time it was advertised a bit more broadly for other cities that wanted to get involved and um, so i think it moved to about three cities overall um, and year upon year it's been expanding um which is brilliant because it means that we are a raising the awareness about blood donation and b saving more lives um, through more people participating um, so in terms of my personal involvement um, I was initially um, just a local volunteer supporting what we call the, the, the city ambassadors so each each city will have an ambassador who is effectively running the campaign on the ground in that particular region in that locale and uh, so I was helping out locally um, and then I was getting more active so that I became the Leeds ambassador um, and then I started getting more involved in the central organisation. So coordinating internally, both our marketing teams and finance teams and then uh, supporting our ambassadors. Um, and then uh, I took the reins to, to, to lead the campaign um, for about three years. Um, and that's where we branched out to even more cities, but also started exporting the, the concept and connecting globally with other countries. Um, and so now we're in uh, 19 different countries and wow. we are working on a, it's almost like an ongoing study that is capturing information from all types of blood donation campaigns in the name of Imam Hussein Ali Salam. So it doesn't necessarily need to have our branding on it, mm-hmm. um, but there's great work being done by um, the team at Hussein, for example. Give us some of the 19 countries. Where's the most distant one to us or one that you'd least expected them to uptake this model? Yeah, so I think it was probably uh, about six, seven years ago, so almost halfway through the journey from when it started, um, that it really hit me when we had um, Burma. 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 So Burma. My, yeah. Myanmar wanted to do the campaign. Um, we sent them some of our material because we'd been doing it for a number of years, so we had like merchandise and that sort of thing. So we sent them our logos. Um, and then I remember seeing on Facebook uh, they were doing a massive blood donation campaign in Myanmar, uh, Myanmar, sorry, and they had the our leaflet that was all in Burmese, which is not even a, a, a language or a characters I've ever seen before. And it was all these squiggly lines, and then our, our logo there. Wow. Well, I assume it was all about the <laughs> but, um, but I think that. Have really, they fed back some of the information to you, like yeah, yeah, uh, you know, how successful it was and data capture? Exactly, exactly. And so now what we're doing is um, on uh, our global website, which is just ihbdc.com. 
you can now see a map where we have pins for all these uh, different donation centers and sites that are taking place globally. Um, and we're actually working with different partnerships. We know what happened with the Rohingya in Burma and how they've been massacred. Exactly. There's a genocide. It's been going on for, for, for decades. So hopefully blood reached to those people who were who really needed it. And inshallah, inshallah, exactly. And I think it just uh, highlights the point that um, both Imam Hussein's message is truly universal where mm. you see all these different people from walks of life, different walks of life who both either could be donating blood but also will be blood And they may not probably not even know that it's been done in the name of Imam Hussein alayhi salam. Exactly. That it's reaching them and it's started in Manchester as you said in 2006. You just never know how wide it goes. So going back to what you were talking about Sister Janan in Sheffield and also now in, in Leeds I'm keen to help our listeners just understand one or two points. So my first question is that do people have to kind of wait till Ashura in order to get a blood drive going with the community? Um, is there a minimum number of people that you have to have? Or can you just walk into a local center? How exactly you know, do you encourage people to move away from thinking that this is something that has to happen just in Muharram? to something that people can actually do regularly. Yeah, so we are trying to encourage people to go regularly, not just in Muharram. Obviously, Muharram, um, you know, people are in a Matam Husseini mood. Um, yeah. We go to these majalis and it's a great opportunity for us to, you know, to get people to sign up and things. Whereas sort of during the year, people unfortunately you know, don't go to Masjid as often. So it's hard to catch people to try and sign them up and things like that. Um, so when you say are, sign them up, you, you go to them with a clipboard or uh, yeah, so you take them by the hand and take them to the <laughs> blood donation center? What, what do you mean? So um, they are changing things now to make it a bit more sort of electronic. But before we used to, I think even in some cities, they still do this where you've got a grid um, and you just you know put the, put the names down and then you submit that to the NHS BT rep that we are liaising with. Um, by we, I mean IHBBC. Um, and then they get them signed up and things like that. But um, now we are telling people to go to the website and sign up through that. And then that form goes to the NHS directly. Right. And, and then, then what happens? They time slot um, well, okay. if they want. Yep. Um, and it's usually, hopefully, as in, we haven't done it in Leeds yet this year. But we, um, before this, we try to, you know, liaise with the NHS rep to get um, sort of some bookings just for us. So they'll... You know, book out a specific number of slots just for IHBBC volunteers or donors, um, and then everyone would come say on this date, and they, we all do it together. We'll do it um, together. But yeah. by together, I don't mean the same time. Yeah. Just like, for example, that afternoon. Right. Right. People come and go depending on what time they have. Right. So that's one way of doing it, and the other that's is just way. walking to your you local. Can just walk in. Yeah, you can just walk in and say, you know, do you have any appointments today? Sometimes they do have appointments as a walk-in. Um, if they're busy, they might tell you, sorry, we can't, you can't do it today, but, you know, we've got these dates and then you just pick what date you want. Uh, you can also go to um, www.blood.co.uk, which is the NHS BT blood and transplant website, um, and just book it there. So what if you've traveled recently? Are there restrictions on you? Um, let's say I went to a foreign country. Can I just yeah. walk in and give or do I have to wait for a period of time? I often hear things like, you know, because you lose blood, you'll need to, you know, sit there and have a biscuit and drink for a while. You can't drive. I don't know. Is this true? 
what, what's kind of the, the the restrictions around some of these things? Yeah, so um, so you have to be um, a certain age. I think it's is it seventeen? Seventeen. Yeah, uh, seventeen plus um, to be able to give blood. Um, the, the the country um, that you've travelled to depends on which country. So you know, if you go to France, you're fine. If you go to certain areas in Africa, for example, that have high risk of malaria, then you might need to, I think it's six months that you have to wait before you can give blood. Um, so if you're not sure about the country, they are very willing to help you. So they've got a list of countries. Um, I think once we went to somewhere in Iraq and um, they questioned that. So they just got this clipboard out that had all these lists of places and they said, oh, actually, that's fine. Um, so it depends on where you go. Um, but if you're not sure, just double check with them. So you can always give them a call. I'm not yeah. sure what the number is, mm. to be honest. But so it's online, but there's also an eligibility questionnaire that will yeah. highlight um, which areas, not just the countries that you've visited, but then the particular cities that could be problematic. Um, most countries in Europe um, and even most of Africa are fine. And uh, it's just, like we said, there's particular high-risk areas. But um, to save maybe the journey, if you check on the, the blood.co.uk website, um, they do have a... Um, a holiday checker basically okay. um, so when sisters go and we have the question about hijab is it a safe space do they have to like take off parts of their clothing and they're going to be in front of like male nurses or w w what's the kind of safe space for sisters to be able to, to donate um so we have been working a lot with the nhs to sort of help them to understand you know where we're coming from in terms of hijab and they have been quite accommodating um They've introduced uh, arm drapes, so um, obviously they'll have to get to the vein in your arm um, and it's around your elbow region. So to get to it, they'll have to lift your sleeve up, um, but they can put another sleeve on top of that so that they can cover it. However, the area where the needle goes in will have to be exposed and they'll have to be able to see it because, you know, if there's something wrong, if it's, you know, not positioned properly or mm. there's a big bruise or it's swelling up, right. you have to be able to spot that. And if it's covered, then it's a risk to the patient. Um, but can you ask for a female nurse? Is yes. it like cordoned off or? Um, so you can, so may, they're mainly female, the carers, um, but you just double check with them when you go, just tell them, you know, I prefer to have a female carer. For the men, you can ask if they have a male carer as well. Um, I, some carers are willing to use gloves so if you know there was only a male carer maybe ask if they're willing to use gloves some aren't happy to use gloves because it's harder to find a vein with a glove mm. um, but but um, basically a bit of communication will help yeah, it just just ask them and see they're willing to help and they understand these things now um in terms of uh cordoning off spaces depends on the center i think um i think some of them have to be able to see everyone at the same time because they don't have enough carers to be able to keep checking on you specifically um if it's maybe very quiet um and they've got a lot of people around they might be willing to to put a little screen in to help you mm -hmm. um, what we've found is when we've um when we've had our bespoke sessions so that's where the, the day will effectively be blocked out or at least 80 percent of those appointments during that day for our session um, which they know they will have lots of Muslims and that the requirements might be quite different to the average day. Um, we've had a bit more control because um, there we can sometimes set up the venue so that, for example, there are like a, there's a seating area more for sisters and that those are the chairs and the, the, the donation beds that are facing a certain direction. That means that, um, that there is uh, less coverage and less exposure. Um, so in terms of hijab can be maintained. 
Um, but at the same time, we have been working with the NHS with BT, and we have a, like an official partnership with them for a number of years, which involves them both training their teams and even designing centres to make them more accommodating. Um, so one of the things that we've like handed out think, through the work that we've been doing is now that they automatically have these medical drapes that normally they wouldn't have. Um, and I think a big part of that is because of the hijab policy that we've uh, sort of encouraged them and, and, and sort of helped. This is one of the, the, the brilliant things that probably IHBDC's accomplished. It's just mm-hmm. that communication and off mm-hmm. the back of that, they're able to think through about how they can accommodate, you know, different, different faiths. Mm-hmm. So off the back of the issue around faiths, we know that, those who come from different ethnicities, um, especially the BAME community, there's going to be different kind of needs around certain blood types. Mm. So why is it important then for BAME communities specifically to be encouraged to give? Yeah. So in terms of, uh, if you look at the UK population, it's a diverse population as it is. Um, However, out of the population that actually donates blood only four percent of them are from black asian or minority ethnic groups um this compounds a problem because not only is it doesn't match the the, the general um sort of diversity of the, the 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 uk population um but particularly south asian groups and sort of india pack um uh sort of ethnicities um have uh, are predominantly uh, more common cases of uh, blood diseases like sickle cell and thalassemia and these are conditions which mean you have regular uh, blood transfusions. Um, just as an example, I think I met someone who was around sort of 25 years old and he calculated that over his lifetime, if he was to live uh, till he's 65, he would have needed around 1,160 units of blood. Um, for that, and that's to keep one person alive um, from, from birth to 65. Um, so what happens is because you have regular transfusions, your blood has to... Uh, be matched quite specific it's not just as simple as you be positive and be positive um, because of that regularity you'll start having um, adverse effects in terms of your body or react in different ways um, and therefore it means that these communities who actually need more blood um, there is a greater demand on the, their communities to be donating blood um, so and we're not meeting those targets at all at the moment exactly no not at all and um, so the the reality is actually that because of the caucasian community of uh, don't use as much blood as simple as it is um, that the stock levels for the sort of white community are actually okay um the the need is very much on these rarer blood groups which like i say come when you when you mention these verses like you know um he who saves one life it's as if saving the whole of humanity or the verse that says that you know when we do these sacrifices it's not the blood that reaches allah but it's the intention and the act that reaches allah do you find that this has been the best way to encourage people or have you found that you have to try to humanitarianize it what's the most convincing messages that you found to get people to 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 start getting regular donations yeah, so we've definitely pushed these messages, and I think I think what's really beautiful about blood donation, especially that same blood donation element, is that it encapsulates the thaqalain in terms of the two weighty things of the Quran, which is what well, you mentioned, um, Surah Al-Ma'idah, verse thirty-two, about saving lives, and then Imam Hussein, who is the living uh, one of the Quran and not of the living Quran, um, through his message and his uh, actions. Um, and I think the the act of blood donation encapsulates these uh, in, into into an action into a deed that will save lives. 
Um, the reality is that unfortunately sometimes people only realise when they maybe come across a certain um, accident and they see the need for blood. So sometimes mm. it's only when there's usually an emotional story, whether it's a, a, a parent or their wife maybe needed it during labour when she was giving birth or something like that. Um, then we've seen those are the people that are most passionate about the actual cause. Um so it's oh, better to get passionate before <laughs> before needing it and realising that that's how urgent it is. Exactly, no, exactly. And like I said, I think we have seen a positive move. Um, obviously, there are many different ways that you can express and mourn for Imam Hussein Ali Salam. Um, and, uh, this is a really good way, humanitarian way of doing it. Exactly. Um, and I think that the element of us being in the UK and being sort of key contributors to, to, to the, the UK in terms of um, leading by example... Um, this is one of the, the sort of the, uh, those ways where we actually do, like I say, open the doors for sort of social integration and, mm. and, and, and making NHS a uh, It's become place. quite a big brand name as well. I mean, people are becoming more and more aware of um, the, the campaign. It's become, politicians are aware, um, you know, it's become quite nationalised. Exactly, yeah, no, and I think, uh, I think it's from the tawfiq of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that... Um, the 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 message sells itself in many mm. ways. So I think um, obviously we will do our marketing, but um, the reality is that there there it's very clear that um, that this is a very noble act, um, and so alhamdulillah that's been recognised by um, yeah politicians, some celebrities, uh, and I think most importantly is 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 the is the people who are actually donating because without them, um, like there will be other people that may lose their lose their life. So once every three months, is that how often someone can donate or can they do it more regularly? Um, so for males, it's uh, every three months. Okay. Uh, for females, every four months. Every three months for males and every four months for females. Yeah. Excellent. Okay. So my last question, if I came to you and said, I want to donate, but I'm really afraid of the needle. <laughs> give me one piece of advice to overcome my fear. piece of advice is I'm sure you got this you must get this all the time right yeah we do actually <laughs> so, go on. it's very hard to convince them I know lots of people that don't even want to go to the dentist because they're afraid of the needles oh, so yeah. donating blood like yeah so what's the one piece of advice that you give someone I think it's always that the, the, uh, the, the fear of the, the thing it's, itself is greater than the actual thing and that's yeah, it's, it's always... the same from Ahmad and and so most people that have actually donated always say that it's actually so much easier than they thought. And yeah. Like Just do it. Try it once. It's worse in your head. It's always worse in your head. Okay. Um, remind them of the end goal. You know, you're going like, to save lives. Yeah. You're going to feel amazing. No pain, no gain. All right. It's a little bit of a prick at the beginning, but then you're all right. It's only for a couple of seconds. You know, we'll help you through it. Um, Excellent. Take someone with you. Yeah. Take a friend. Yeah. Take something that can distract you. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, yeah. Listen to a latam, something latamiyat, as you know. Remember, remember Imam Hussein and his pain, giving blood at that in that that moment. Exactly. Yeah. And I think okay. when, you, when you think of this, sort of in terms of the fact that you're saving someone else's life, and that there's someone out there that may, uh, as a result of you not or donating or not donating, may prolong their life. Um, and I think for the sort of split second of the pinprick of, uh, of the it's well worth it. It's well worth it. It's very empowering when you get over your fear as well. That's a very nice point as well. Yeah. Um, but you sort of let go. Yeah. The shackles. Ah, yeah. There you go. Break the shackles, people. Break the shackles. Asantum. <laughs> Thank you very much to both of you for taking time out. 
um, to help us on this podcast. Um, I really hope that this message is um, it's been driven home and people will will actually think about doing this, especially in the month of months of Muharram and Safar. And inshallah, locally in Hajjat Stanmore and anywhere else that this message reaches, that they'll be able to, to make their first steps if they're not already uh, regularly giving blood. So thank you to you both for taking time out to join us on our podcast. So there it is. Um, we hope everyone, inshallah, takes that first step tomorrow. What's the website one more time? It's, it's www.ios.org.uk forward slash give blood. Um, so ios.org.uk forward slash give blood but we're on all the social media handles so if you just, just google, google search it might be fantastic and if they want to go to the NHS website to kind of book in www.blood.co.uk fantastic thank you very much uh, make sure that you have subscribed and you share this podcast so that it reaches as far and wide as possible as ever your feedback about the types of podcasts that we're doing and what things you would like to hear being discussed about you're the backbone of this podcast so if you can give us the feedback on where you want us to go next then we can inshallah get the the kind of um, voices on and inshallah we can make sure that the things that we need to be discussed are being talked about once again thank you to you both for thank you to you both for taking time out assalamu alaikum jami'an wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh